0: This is an area code podcast. I mean, everybody has feels like they have to be on for certain people. For you have to be different versions of yourself for different people. Different versions at work. Different versions around friends. Different versions of yourself around different friends. Um, different version of yourself around family. Around yeah. you know you just everybody has to be duplicitous, um, or or feels that they have to in some ways be duplicitous and that's part of the human experience, but it's also exhausting. And you kind of learn that every one of us has the ability to become a shapeshifter. Totally. what does that do to us? Hi, I'm Richard Clark.
1: And I'm Bethany Perkins.
0: We love pop culture.
1: And we love the Enneagram.
0: We are obsessed.
1: That's why we're hosting a podcast where we can get it all out of our system.
0: This is No Chill Enneagram Watch Party.
1: A safe space for Enneagram and pop culture fanatics.
0: And a pretty great idea for a podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Chill Enneagram Watch Party. I am one of your hosts, Richard Clark, pop culture expert, and I'm here with Enneagram Your other
1: host.
0: Coach, Graham Bethany expert. Perkins. Hello. All right, yeah, so I just felt like maybe at the beginning of the show we should say our bona fides. That's good. So I'm pop culture expert, you're Enneagram expert.
1: Yeah, expert is loosely in air quotes. But yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. We, have, yeah. we both have a certain amount of time put in, I would mm-hmm. say. It's the Malcolm Gladwell rule, the rule of like, you know, however much time you got to put in. How much time be, is it? I don't remember, but well, we've definitely done it.
1: that's Okay. <laughs> I've definitely,
0: definitely done it, but yeah. I'm pretty certain you've done it too. If you add up all of our podcasts, I think we mm-hmm. might get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift folklore, the Long Pond Studio Sessions. Available to listen to on Disney Plus. Why everyone's also. number three favorite streaming service? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I am realizing in a panic at this moment that I have not written down your my nine, nine word words. Well, and so this will be hard. Solely on you to do okay. it. Okay, I did it. So our first segment is called Scribe this thing in nine words." Bethany, all of the pressure is on you, so this better be good. What
1: do you mean, of course it will be good?
0: Yeah, that's right. Have
1: some confidence.
0: That's right. Okay.
1: (laughs) As I say that, I'm reading it and I'm doubting. Anyway, my nine words are Taylor Swift released indie album, Blew Us All Away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That was more... yeah, it's more about just the thing.
1: like the, yeah, the album in general, but the Long Pond Sessions or whatever it's called, it's basically just her performing the album and talking about it. Yeah. That's it.
0: I would, I would say, though, that I was re-watching it a little bit today, and I was struck by the phenomenon of Folklore coming out, Long Pond coming out, mm-hmm. Evermore coming out. Mm-hmm. And what you get is these layers. Like, I think every stage peeled back these layers of, like, transparency, in Mm -hmm. a way. Yeah. I felt like every moment you learned more. Mm -hmm. And in particular, Evermore came out after we decided to talk about this Mm -hmm. album. And I think significantly, I don't know if it complicated folklore for you, but for me, it sort of solidified something I had felt, which is that folklore is a (laughs) one-off Sort of oh. like event for Taylor. And uh-huh. like Evermore feels to me like a a little bit of a return to form, not in the way that I would have hoped. Really? Necessarily.
1: I did not interpret it that way.
0: Do you okay, well let's start let's start at the beginning. Okay. How do you feel about folklore the album? I love it. Yeah. And me I'm too.
1: so surprised because yeah, I'm I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I don't. I haven't historically really liked her pop music. Yeah. That much. Haven't paid much attention to her. I didn't yes. even listen to folklore until a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was watching this Disney Plus hmm. thing where she performed it that I was like, "Wow, this is really good."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I started listening to the album, and I so love it. So you started
0: with the Long Pond sessions. Yes. Fascinating.
1: Yeah. Because, I, and I had, I had tried to listen through the album closer to when it came out, and I was just kind of bored by it. Yeah. And so I didn't get into it, but something about her performing the songs just made me really love it.
0: That's really interesting because I, I first li- like watched the Long Pond Sessions, basically after listening to the album maybe like one and a half times. And and being unsure how I felt about it, I, so that's I,
1: essentially the same as me. It's like,
0: similar for sure. I knew, like, I knew that I liked it. Like, I mm-hmm. knew that I preferred it to old Taylor Swift for yeah. sure. And I think you and I have a very similar feeling about Taylor Swift, which we will get into in our next mm-hmm. segment. Yeah. But but I I I on this one I, I was unsure if it was boring. I was unsure if. It would hold up. I was unsure if it was like a me too. I'm like, a, I'm thoughtful, you know, mm-hmm. kind of approach. You know, it's like, part of me was like, if I want like an indie thing, I'll listen to Phoebe Bridgers. Um, <laughs> cursed <laughs> um,
1: last name. That cursed
0: last name. I hate that last name. I was like, why would like, why would I want Taylor to do this? I want her to write pop songs for me. But the more I dug in and then when I watched that documentary, which... You know, there's a cynical way to watch that documentary, but I kind of took What's that?
1: It up, say what that is?
0: Propaganda, right? Okay. Like it's a self-produced like yeah. propaganda film. <laughs> you know. Propaganda? Which it kind of is, like wow. fa- <laughs> fair enough, I think, but I mean I've heard people make that claim, so that's why I say that. Okay. But I think that really what that was was like a a really important time capsule, not just of Taylor Swift in that moment but of like artistry in that moment and also of like what the pandemic felt like in a way that is a lot bigger and more interesting than like oh we were all alone a lot Mm -hmm. and really sad or whatever Mm -hmm. and so like even her productivity in this moment I think is really interesting to think about in light of the context Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's interesting so when we get to Evermore, like I, I, I don't necessarily, I've, especially because we have limited time on the show, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to spend a ton of time on Evermore, except mm-hmm. to say it just felt like uneven, I, you know, and like there were more like typical Swiftian, mm-hmm. you know, songs in there and kind of just like this very, the, the limits that were kind of on purpose or not on folklore were just taken away and evermore and i hmm. felt that it resulted in sort of a diluted experience mm-hmm. yeah. Um
1: i think i i think because she put out evermore and she said like this is a folklore sister album this is a continuation of folklore i felt like it was but i can see what you're saying
0: it might be that that very like expectation setting is what killed it for me, right? Mm. <laughs> like the closeness to folklore. I think if she had put it out a year from now, I'd be like, "This is yeah, freaking awesome!" Like Taylor is back. Like yeah. Taylor's back, and she's better than ever. In a sense, like, like, like if she put out Reputation, I would be mm-hmm. furious, <laughs> right? But yeah. even though I'm a person who kind of liked what she was doing in Reputation, like mm-hmm. I just like. One of the things I like about Taylor is that she just changes from album to album, and
1: yeah, I don't. To me, like that, that
0: feels like growth. That is
1: a specific thing that I don't like about her.
0: So, speaking of not liking Taylor, let's go to our next segment.
1: <laughs> let's go to what type is she?
0: So, we're gonna. Our next segment is called "Let's Type the People in This Thing."
1: Let's type the Taylor Swift in this thing.
0: I have in my notes four people we need to type.
1: Oh, four people. I didn't think about anyone besides her.
0: (laughs) And here's the thing. We're talking about the Lake Pond Sessions, ostensibly, because this is a watch party. It's not a listen party.
1: Yeah.
0: There are two obvious people, which is Aaron from the Nationals. I don't have his last name. And Jack... Antonoff, mm-hmm. who is my freaking hero like is he i love jack antonoff i have bleacher's, no idea
1: who he is
0: bleacher's latest album is like one of my all-time favorites every song he ever works on i love he is the I bet reason i would like him like if
1: i knew anything about him
0: it's really interesting because I'm a big fan of all of these pop musicians, like these female pop musicians, mm-hmm. and the reason yeah, for love that, Selena I think, Gomez. <laughs> I, I think the reason for that is Jack Antonoff. Like, I think he's worked okay. with literally all of the, like, like Ariana, mm-hmm. Selena, Carly Rae.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who else is there? There's another one, Taylor Swift. One more, Beyonce. Think of. Beyonce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has not
0: worked with I didn't Beyonce. think he'd
1: worked with Beyonce,
0: but oh Lord, he worked with Lord. Weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just love him, and so mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear what you think because I'm a little stumped on his number. I mean, I have a guess, but I don't. Feel... I did
1: not think about either of their numbers. They... So we should start
0: with Taylor, like yeah. the super obvious thing.
1: Yeah, she's a it, three.
0: Is she's a three? Yes, she's telegraphed as a three for years. <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. This album was like the time where she like really became super self-aware of some of that threeness, whether she yeah. would call it that or not, and like yeah. started talking about it in Mirrorball yeah.
1: Yeah. and started
0: reckoning with it. And I put um,
1: Mirrorball in all caps in yes. my notes because Man. that song. It's that just, song
0: is beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. And it is just like, it is so three to me. Yeah. Like, even if I didn't know that Taylor Swift wrote it or was singing it, I would hear that song and go, wow, a three wrote this song. Like, this is about being a
0: three. And the best thing it does is like, it's not just like, oh, that's a three. It's like, wow, that's a three. And I get it. Like, I Mm -hmm. get the impulse, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I understand why you are the way you are, which is really hard to do. For mm-hmm. threes, particularly because threes are not good at articulate the, articulating their feelings yeah. in that way. Yeah. And I think what's so striking to me about this album is that she is able to articulate her feelings.
1: She is. Yeah. And she even talked about like, this is an album to help other people feel their feelings too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Which I think is very, that's very healthy for a three.
0: Yeah, it's like a, and and here's the thing, like, she does, th- there's, it's a super healthy three album, right? Like, it's so healthy three. When all of her other albums, like, have moments of that, but, like, mm-hmm. mostly it's, like, very unhealthy three. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of it is, like, she named an album Reputation. Yes. She, like, a person who is utterly concerned about her own reputation, and frankly, like, we'll get into this in life advice, but, like, she's obsessed with her relationship with people mm-hmm. who have hurt her and mm-hmm. who have hurt her reputation or her, yeah. hurt her artistry or career in some way. Like, she's very frustrated at those people. Rightfully so. Like, I get it. But I think her her obsession goes a little yeah. far sometimes, especially when it starts to bleed into her work, you know, in kind of, like, blatant, explicit ways, yeah. you know? It's just strange.
1: What I think is really interesting about this about folklore in the context of her being a three is that she kind of like telling stories that are not autobiographical Yeah, is kind of like new for her. I yeah. think at yeah. least she talked about this being like a new thing that she's doing in this album is she's yes. just telling stories. They don't have anything to do with her. They're fictional characters. Whereas Everything else, I mean, I can't, I don't know her whole like repertoire. Yeah. So I can't speak to everything else she's done in the past, but it seems to have been about expressing herself and telling her story yeah. up until now. And now she's kind of pivoting and still, still personal in some songs, but also right. telling other stories that are not about her at all.
0: The remarkable thing about that is is it really leans into this gift that threes can have if they want it which is if they are able to articulate the and and almost advocate for though that's not really the right word but like like they perform a service for other people by articulating their point of view for them in a way like hmm. I I think threes are very good at advocating for themselves, making themselves look quote-unquote good, which I think is like an oversimplification of what they're yeah. trying to do. But like, you know, if a, if a three wants to feel valued, right, what they're doing is trying to help other people feel valued. The song that's really striking to me, I feel two ways about this song. Mm-hmm. Cause in, this way, in a way, it's like an over... It's like an attempt at something that's way too difficult. But that song at the end of the of folklore, um, what is it called? Epiphany. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, that's the one where she tells the story, essentially of of what she later says. I think is her grandpa, and who was in the war, mm. and and like just yeah. literally, you know, it, both verses, and then the other verse is basically like essential workers, like. Emergency yeah. personnel. Yeah. And and both, line, though, both, both verses end in the phrase, some things you just can't speak about. Mm-hmm. When she chooses to tell the story of people who, by definition, cannot speak about their story, mm-hmm. that's like quintessential three potential right there. Mm-hmm. Like that feels to me like what a three should almost wholeheartedly devote themselves to with their life, if they feel like it, I guess. Mm. you know <laughs> if they it's, feel like it
1: it's like it's just, um
0: it's beautiful
1: it reminds me of in hamilton angelica after philip dies she's singing there are, there are moments with what are the words mm. there are moments where you just can't speak can't or whatever speak. she says yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, various ways of saying I don't have words for this. There
1: are no words for
0: this. Yes. Yeah. And you gotta think Lim Manuel Miranda. Lim Manuel (laughs) you gotta think Lim Manuel Miranda (laughs) has like a three in a little bit of three in him if he's not fully three. I suspect he's fully three. And like has this ability to articulate the feelings and like pain and suffering and stuff of other people
1: or to recognize when you can't and then to not try oh yes because he hasn't when he wrote that he hasn't experienced losing a child yeah so he doesn't know what that's like but then yet
0: like it feels like it somehow does articulate it in a way like like that moment feels like they lost like it's not like he punted on that <laughs> you know what I mean yeah
1: oh totally yeah
0: can we talk about the other three real quick sure. so so do you have opinions about Jack and Aaron
1: I don't I I didn't even think about them
0: okay I haven't I think,
1: seen enough of them to know I well mean, me
0: no me either we've only seen them in the special well Aaron, but I think there's a lot of them there's a lot they're they're like so distinct they're such mm-hmm. distinct personalities in the special especially in their relationship to to Taylor, and there's also the question of what they bring out of her, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of conversation about this in the actual special itself.
1: Okay, um, I'm gonna maybe guess that Aaron is a four.
0: Interesting. Maybe his just manner, like honestly, I don't know with Aaron at all. Yeah, his mannerisms feel like nine to me, just because he doesn't well, say. Well, I much. was thinking
1: four, five, or nine.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very he
1: quiet feels- and reserved, but. He, like, helped her write these sad songs. I guess they both
0: did. So the thing about Jack is that, like, yeah, Jack helped her a lot. And he also, throughout the episode, is, like, saying things for her. (laughs) He's, like, articulating things for her, like, Mm -hmm. over and over. And, Mm -hmm. in fact, draws out some stuff that she wasn't being forthcoming about. Yeah. Which I found really interesting. I'm just going to quote this from the Enneagram Institute. Okay. This is about the relationship between Enneagram threes and fours, and I just looked it up for kicks. Enneagram fours can teach threes how to talk about themselves on a deeper level and help acknowledge and process their feelings. They can also bring threes more sensitivity, a feeling for beauty, and for the non-practical, but fulfilling aspects in life.
1: There's definitely that going on yes whether it's from whether it's erin or jack yeah or her her boyfriend
0: yes so he's the other one i have written down okay (laughs) joe or william bowery as he's he's a
1: mythical character like he's only talked about for like two seconds
0: he really could be a four right like who else would be singing randomly about like some girl Betty. from high school. It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. Yeah, that's such a weird story. In that,
1: yeah,
0: I found that to be very strange. And, and a lot, of, I'll be honest with you, it's hard to. And, and this gets to the cynical point. It's hard to watch a lot of this and her, the way that she describes how these song, songs were written, and not think of the like duplicitous nature of threes sometimes, and the ways uh-huh. that they can like fudge a little bit on the truth and how things. Mm happened yeah you know
1: man and there's so that I- <laughs> there's that part when she's talking about Miraball mm-hmm. and she is talking about she does that thing where you talk about something that you do as a fact that everyone else in everyone the world does so this and so she's good. literally saying everyone
0: We all can shape shift.
1: We all all can shape shift and be whoever people need us to be, and we can be duplicitous. And that's just what you have to do, and everyone does it.
0: (laughs) What the phrase that she says, and I remember it so distinctly because it's beautiful in its wrongness. Yeah. As a four, I'm yeah. going, no. no. She says, we all we all have to be on in different ways for different people. Our family, our friends. I'm like, I don't do that. No.
1: I've, no. I've
0: learned not to do that. Yes. That is very important to me that I not do that. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me that not only she admits that she does that, she frames it as everyone does it. Everyone does I, it. Yeah. Yes. Like and I fact. think it's a way of like disabusing herself of actually doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in a way, she just says, we all do that.
1: Yeah, and so it's is
0: nice and goes along with her. But.
1: Yeah, it's it's like she has enough self awareness to know that she does that, yeah. and that's such a part of her to do that. But not enough to know that, like, no, not everyone does that. Some people are actively trying not to do that. Yes, or yes. some people may not even have that inclination to yeah. do that in the first place.
0: A hundred percent. I know a ton yeah. of people who have who do not have an interest. And too much being work. Own for people. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. There's a, the line I think we have to talk about, which is the, the line in Mirabal that we have to talk about is I've never been a natural. All I do is try, 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 try. Yeah, which is the most three things. That's
1: so interesting. Yeah. So
0: revealing. So beautiful in how it's intentionally revealing.
1: Yeah. And
0: even more revealing. And this is what I mean when I say layers on here on the, with the documentary. Mm-hmm. Is she talks about, like, I think Antonoff actually is the one who introduces the story and says, you were like, is that too true? He says to Taylor, you were like, is that too true? Yeah. And he was like, no, you, that's perfect. You have to say that. And Mm -hmm. so he kind of forced her to get that down on paper and sing it, you know, Yeah, which I found fascinating because you could imagine in a reputation or in a lover or whatever, like she would not have written that line. Like, I've never been a natural. All I do is try is, in a way, like a very vulnerable thing to say.
1: Yeah. And I like how... She explained in the documentary that, like, the line about they called off the circus, burn the rodeo down. Like, that was about going into quarantine and mm. stopping everything. And she's like, I'm still on that tightrope doing everything to keep you laughing at me or whatever it is. Yes. And it's, it's about her immediately writing two albums. <laughs> like, yep. She's, like, at home. Like yeah. could be taking a break, but no, she's written two albums.
0: Which yes, which which is awesome. Like, which that's the gift, right? Like that yeah. right there is the gift. As long as those two albums aren't trash, yeah. like please do yeah. it. And she made sure that they weren't. I it's mean,
1: beautiful. I I it is beautiful. I have conflicting feelings about it just because I am not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I wish I was. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I never get hyper productive in times of stress mm-hmm. and yeah. crisis. Like yeah. it doesn't motivate me to do anything, and so I just I'm like, Ugh, wouldn't that be nice?
0: Yep, yep.
1: I guess I'm just kind of jealous of that.
0: I yeah, I relate. I relate a lot. I like some. I I'm all over the place. It just depends on if I feel like it. <laughs> It fully (laughs) depends on, am I feeling inspired? I've told Jennifer before, like, like one day I got off of work and I like cleaned the whole house and like cleaned the bathroom and like, she was like, you don't have to do all of this. And I was like, Jennifer today's the day i feel like doing it gotta right so that way so i wave. have to do it yeah <laughs> it's never gonna happen again oh god so i feel like doing it yeah because those are not things i'm supposed to do right like we have a division of labors that's equitable and stuff mm-hmm. but i felt like doing her a favor that day and so mm-hmm. i did it that day which i yeah. think is like but yeah it's like taylor finds herself in a position where she's not touring she's not doing interviews she's not doing a lot of things she's not like used to doing and it has Mm -hmm. to go somewhere yeah but i think work has to be happen anyway
1: it's so telling like that song is literally revealing i'm doing this to keep people looking at me Mm. and to keep getting people's Affirmation. It's not just I'm doing this because I need to do something. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's
1: I'm the disco ball in the middle of the room and I need to keep everybody looking at me. Yeah. So is that bad? I tend to think so a little bit. Because <laughs> my argument it's, is
0: is is absolutely not bad. My argument is that it's the question is what do they see when they look?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: That's really the question. What do they see when they're looking at you? And if they see you going, "Hey, look at me,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that's like in a in a superficial way, right? Yeah. Then that's a problem. But if they, I mean, not a problem, but it's just less valuable. Mm-hmm. I think if they see this, which is you know a, a really empathetic album, a mm-hmm. really thoughtful album about who she is, that inspires mm-hmm. these kinds of conversations an album that causes people to think about the sacrifices other people have made mm-hmm. like amazing. And I, yeah, and the the big, I mean, there's questions of burnout and stuff, but I don't think threes are, I mean, do threes burn out? Yeah. Is that even a thing? Yes. It's a thing. Okay. Tell me about that. I'm actually really interested in this. Uh, like, No one's immune to burnout. Well, I agree with you there, but what, but, but the causes of burnout are actually like, pretty deep right They're, it's mm-hmm. not just doing a lot of stuff
1: yeah so, it's not so it has more to do stuff. with
0: like like for me I've actually found not being seen is, is what co- usually causes me to burn burn out like being mm-hmm. in places where I do where I do feel like like I'm never on with people but if I'm in places or in situations where things are not being appreciated for what they are <laughs> that I'm doing then I will burn out mm-hmm. because it will feel like grinding gears yeah. So I'm just wondering for a three, like, you know, could Taylor continue to put out two albums a month like this? Oh yeah. I mean, probably not. <laughs>
1: probably but. not. I I can't imagine that that would be possible. I don't think she will.
0: I guess I just feel like it's a shift of work focus, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's not like she stopped. Like she started working more. It's like. Yeah. It's like she was touring and then she wasn't. And then she's got all of this pent up.
1: I watched another interview with her and she was talking about how she realized like a ton of her creative energy would go towards tour and planning that out and just everything that goes into a tour. So when that didn't happen she has this abundance of creative energy that she needs to put towards something and it's not going to be tour. So now we have more music.
0: And the fascinating thing is that results in a better product. Like that's the thing I'm kind of driving at is like, we ended up with a a better product and one that felt like it came from a better place. Yeah. Like
1: with, yes. And she didn't create it with any sort of tour in mind, which I'm so glad And, and now I, I've been thinking like, okay, so when she does tour again, how is this going to work? She's going to have completely like, how would this album fit in with the rest of her stuff? Like she can't be dancing around on the stage singing exile. Well, the first tour will be, (laughs) the first
0: tour will be like the Folkmore Evermore tour yeah and she'll, she'll just do it back to front. Yeah, the back actually it would be perfect. Right? <laughs> no, but she's gonna do it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this, that, the from then on, they'll uh, every tour will have like a folklore section. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, and kind or of like when you go to, you end. know, how you go to those Christian rock band gr- concerts, <laughs> they always take like five songs for worship. You know, where everybody's supposed I to be worshiping. Been to too
1: many Christian rock concerts. You
0: guys get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Sweet at us. laughs> yeah.
0: That's a deep cut, but you get the idea. Like there's always like that really reverent moment in a in a concert. I think that's what it'll be. Yeah. I just wanted to point out one really important thing here in in, in light of everything we've been talking about, which is mm-hmm. she said that this album was a product of isolation. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, it's a time when she was allowed to feel her feelings. Mm-hmm. So imagine Taylor no longer surrounded by all the voices. And I think this is what makes this album like universal, is that it is uh, a really interesting model or articulation of a lot of things a lot of us have been feeling, which is that I think a lot of us are going to come out of this knowing ourselves better. Mm -hmm. Because especially the the numbers that are susceptible to other voices, (laughs) Mm. which can be, I don't know, maybe twos, threes, probably fours, nines, sixes. I think I feel those numbers like really having a moment right now mm-hmm. of like growth and I think it's a great example of one also just one moment of hilarious comedy
1: what in light of
0: everything we've been saying she's talking to Jack about mirrorball and how mm-hmm. it's a pandemic song and she says it's about what happens to an artist when you're going through a pandemic and she stops and she's about to finish the sentence <laughs> And Jack Andonoff goes, you start to dream. And then the and then it cuts, and then it goes to the song. <laughs> and I'm like, that is not what she was getting at uh-uh. at all. No. But it's such a hilarious, like, four-response oh, misunderstanding of what That's she's talking so about. so
1: funny, yeah.
0: Go back and watch it. It's it's so funny. And they only kept that answer in because it just sounds really good. It sounds, yeah. You it's know very...
1: Artistic. But dreaming has
0: nothing to do with what they were talking about no. in that moment. Like, no. this was not a dreaming moment for Taylor.
1: Mm-mm. No. This is
0: almost settled. It's
1: very drive. reality yeah. based. Yeah. That's funny.
0: All right. It's time for our next segment. It's called Life Advice Through the Lens of the Enneagram.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's just give Taylor Swift some <laughs> life advice. Oh my
0: gosh. Taylor, we got you. We Taylor, have got you. Taylor, we
1: don't got you. I <laughs> You don't know. I, you, I you don't just wanna... feel bad about myself. Like You want life
0: advice from Taylor?
1: Yeah. I do.
0: What do you think Taylor would tell you, Bethany? This is important.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she would tell me. What do you think she would tell me?
0: Keep your helmet.
1: Keep your helmet. Is that a li- Is that a line? Yeah. Okay. That's why I said it. That's <laughs> okay. kind of a joke.
0: I think, it, you know, Taylor is all about knowing her worth, right? Like that's her whole mm-hmm. deal. And, and I actually, as much as we've talked about, we've kind of breezed past this idea, but like Taylor is very good at that very good at that over time she has gotten to be really great at knowing her worth which is something i personally admire quite a bit yeah
1: i agree with that
0: and i think about a lot you know it makes people mad but like who cares Mm -hmm. you know so there's that then there's the flip side this is where i give life advice to taylor swift
1: okay great
0: (laughs) you would I do feel that Taylor Swift is really mad at like three specific people that everybody knows who mm. they are, and they come up in every album.
1: Who are they? I want to uh, know the hot Kanye gossip.
0: West for running up on stage that one time. Mm-hmm. That dude. He said he who- was going
1: to let her finish. Just get over
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish.
1: He said it. I'm gonna let you finish.
0: And can we talk about how Jar? how I mean right she's she's right that is a moment of true trauma for Taylor Swift. It's a moment where she was being recognized for the value she, value she yes. brought for oh the world. Yes. Oh my gosh, thinking and he totally about that ruined moment
1: it. For her as a three, yeah, I've never thought about that before.
0: I thought, yeah, thought about just the other day for the first time. Wow, holy crap!
1: That was her childhood wound that happened when she was yes, an adult. (laughs) Yes, Yes. that was her adulthood wound.
0: So there's that. Then there's the guy who stole all of her songs or whatever. And I think there's another guy who's tied up in that whole drama. Like
1: I don't know. I don't know this backstory, so I'm just trusting you.
0: It's a whole thing. Like, it's a whole I know thing she you... had to
1: re-record all of her songs. She yeah. lost them.
0: Like, I My know Tears that. Ricochet is about the guy who sold her songs to someone
1: Oh, else, dang.
0: And then talked a lot of shit about her and still does, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and, and she even says in the documentary, like, everybody knows who that's about. Mm -hmm. Which immediately got me Googling, as it did everyone else in that documentary. And my thing is, my, like, four-word advice for Taylor Swift is Mm -hmm. do five words, because I'm saying, I'm I'm expanding the contraction. Do not amplify the trolls. Like, Mm. don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it because they are they are taking on outsized importance, not only in your own head, but in your whole mythos. Mm-hmm. They are now the people who made you. And yeah. she acknowledges this in her music, yeah. which is actually, by the way, a really grown up. Like in Evermore, I think. She talks about yes, you created basically like something like you created the circumstances for my joy, but also I can be happy. Without you, both of these things can be true. Happiness, I think. Happiness, yes. Yeah. She says both of these things can be true, which is so brilliant and so good, and just Mm -hmm. almost made me cry when I heard it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Also, though, you gotta stop being so explicit about that junk. Like, I don't know. It's it's like it
1: isn't really explicit. She's not calling them out by name. It's it's alluded to heavily but.
0: i know i'm just saying she's at a point of no return where she's acknowledged it way too much at this point mm-hmm. like she she and they, like she said you know she used to feel in the documentary she said she f- used to feel like she she had to rip do the rip from the headlines thing a little bit and mm-hmm. i think that's where that comes from it's like she had like it's all about her grievances mm-hmm. when it's really bigger than that you know and i think a lot of people could Benefit from it a little more if it was a little more universal.
1: Yeah, if she just shook it off, because <laughs> hater's <laughs> gonna hate, you know. Just hater's gonna hate. Shake it off. Yeah. No tears ricocheting. Just
0: anyway, if Taylor Swift could ever improve in any way, that would be it. I, yeah, opinion.
1: I don't know where I don't know how to give life advice to her. I feel like I should. I should actually be like a true fan of hers in order to give.
0: Oh, that's fair. Advice, yeah. Yeah, but mm, yeah. uh, you know we're enneagram experts, right? So we can we can give everybody life advice. That's the point of this section.
1: True. Yeah. Well, this is a good time to end this
0: segment. It's our next segment. You say it, Bethany.
1: Oh, what's our next segment? Who the
0: b- is this for? Who the. B-? is this for
1: who's this for oh gosh well it's for everyone who needs to be in their feelings like these albums are you can put these on and just lay on your bed with your eyes closed and just like listen to them and just feel your feelings
0: Yeah, I agree. But is it for a particular number? I don't know why I'm I'm thinking of six a lot. I don't either. I feel like sixes like to be appreciated. And she does have a few moments where the the six-ish type person is appreciated in her album. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Sixes... like to be impulse?
1: appreciated.
0: Who right? doesn't? Yes, well, but who fair. doesn't that's like to point. be
1: appreciated? Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I just want to be
1: appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> that's a TikTok reference yeah. for those of
0: you who don't know. For the four of you who aren't on TikTok yeah. in our audience. <laughs> Any numbers that would hate this?
1: I'm not sure that like a seven or an eight... Mm. would for sure love it. It doesn't have like the energy yeah, that yeah. you're used to with Taylor Swift.
0: And none of the reframing, that's for sure.
1: None, yeah.
0: Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But there are definitely spread.
1: some songs that I think Ace would like. Mad Woman, that mm. song, she yeah. said it's about female rage.
0: Yeah. Well, yes. She literally... <laughs> Mad woman is about female rage. You don't say. Yeah, but
1: I mean. (laughs) Literally, that's what those two words mean. I know. But okay, so she elaborated on that. Yeah. And she said it's like just about everything that women have to go through and being gaslighted and not believed and talked down to and all that stuff. Yeah. It's very feminist- and when she was talking about that, I was like, hell yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean that, yeah. The lyrics are so good. I really like, I actually relate a lot to those lyrics. Like, oh. you told me not to be mad. It made me madder. Mm-hmm. How, how, funny how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just tired of the games, Bethany. I'm tired of the games.
1: You know what? Same.
0: It's a good album. It's a great documentary. Mm-hmm. I think we would highly recommend it to everyone yeah. involved.
1: Yeah. If nothing else, like you get to like, see her perform all of the songs live. I love live performances. Yeah. Like, I just look them up and watch them on my own. I think the big time. headline here
0: in terms of like who should watch this is like we were not fans of Taylor Swift until mm-hmm. we watched this documentary. Mm-hmm. That's important. So if you think you're not going to like this because you don't like Taylor Swift.
1: Yeah, there's a very good chance you might like it.
0: Yeah. If you
1: didn't like her, you might like this. (laughs) Exactly. I will say because, so I'm not saying, so I've become a fan of these two albums. Yes. I'm not saying I have become a fan of Taylor Swift because of her threeness and her history. I'm like, I don't know if I will continue to like what she does.
0: You know, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe she'll do,
1: she will rebrand herself again and I won't like
0: it. Well, after Evermore, that's the way I feel. Yeah.
1: yeah. So.
0: But I I cannot overstate it. I think that folklore will go down in history.
1: Absolutely. As like a moment. As yeah. like a
0: classic thing. Yeah. I think it will be, it will be big for a long you,
1: time. You made it your number one album of the year.
0: I did. Yeah. I don't list. regret it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And I don't think I would change that. It, it only gets better every you time. You had
1: positions year. pretty far down on your list,
0: which is... <laughs> Look, Ariana Grande has it, has made the list, and she's going to continue to make the list. It, yeah. You just can't always do great, you know? Drake's not even on the list this year, so what's that okay. about? Right. I forgot one other person we're supposed to type.
1: Oh, her boyfriend?
0: No, Justin.
1: Oh, Justin. <laughs> from...
0: Bony Bear, we didn't type her boyfriend, but we're, who who knows? Who but knows? the Bony Bear guy, mystery. I just want to say, is hardcore one. This dude insisted on think? wearing a mask, even though he was recording remotely.
1: Okay, if that's the only thing that we're going <laughs> off of, then
0: yes. <laughs> I was just like, dude, it wants to do what's right.
1: Well, no, I interpreted that as him wanting to be anonymous more what? and not wanting to okay not anonymous but like maybe not wanting his face to be on this documentary thing on disney plus because so he goes under a pseudonym right
0: does he Bony Bear? boni Bear is that but he a, has a real name is like, that just it's, the name, it's for- the name of his band it's kind of like j- that it's kind of like you know like you know guys name their bands things that's all it is like Bleachers. Okay, so Jack Antonoff has a thing called Bleachers. Okay, so it
1: it's the band name. It's not like yeah. how Lady Gaga goes as Lady
0: Gaga. but That's right. Is... It's not that.
1: Oh, okay. See, I thought it was just a guy
0: who... I mean, now that you mention it, he does seem more private than the other guys, which probably made it easier mm-hmm. for him to make that decision. I would say like a, maybe a non wing one or the other way, the way Do around. Do you know
1: what... This guy's face looks like. Have you seen him? Much? I've seen his face before. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it's I a, don't it's, know. It's I... a robot face. Like Doctor Claw. Remember Inspector Gadget? Everybody, no. like, what's his face look like? <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
1: no. So he's. Can I just say that
0: song is like so freaking good. By far is the best very one. On the album. Good. Whoa. It's very good. Wah. very good. I love
1: that part. Love it. I think my favorite is invisible string.
0: That's not my favorite. It's a lot of people's favorite. It's not my favorite. I love it. That's okay. You do you, everybody. Uh,
1: uh, Thank you for telling me that it's okay. That that's my favorite. (laughs) And now I'm a mad woman.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. No Chill Enneagram is an area code production. It is hosted by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins.
1: Look, Richard's a four. He needs your affirmation.
0: And Bethany's a two. She needs your love.
1: Follow us and send us your thoughts on Twitter at NochillEniapod and Instagram at no Chill Enneagram.
0: Here we go. Hey, every... That was a little much. (laughs) It was a little much. (laughs) This is an Area Code podcast.